Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card. Apologies for missing out last week. As some of you all know, I was on holiday in Sikkim. It was a wonderful journey. A gentle reminder to follow us and show us some love on Instagram. Our Insta handle is the Yellow Card underscore by Chirag and the Pain. And this past week in Sikkim, I got the chance to post a couple of wonderful stories. Hi, the Pain. How are you? What are your thoughts on this latest week of football matches? Because there have been some amazing matches and some controversy, which is very usual. Hey, Chirag, what's up? Yes, you were on a vacation, but the action continued in the Premier League. Another good week of action. I think Leicester stole the show this time around for this week. And we'll definitely talk more about that. But five goals against Sheffield United. And uh, without the key midfield personnel in Madison and Barnes, uh, it's a much-needed boost for Leicester and much-needed performance that they had to come up with. And Ianacho got a hat-trick, Wadi got a couple of assists in and it was a fantastic 5-0 victory for them. Oh, absolutely. All in all, a smashing game, I think, for Leicester. And Brendan Rodgers can probably take a deep breath and relax because obviously you had the likes of Chelsea closing in on them, uh, closing in on both United and Leicester because uh, I personally expected Chelsea to sneak up on them. But kudos to them. They've really had a very, very strong performance this past weekend and They're going to need more of the same because it's been now there are about 10 odd games left uh, in the Premier League and it's going to go right down to the wire for the top four. And while I would be very, very surprised if Leicester dropped the ball this time, you're absolutely right. They are without the likes of Madison and Barnes, so it was an amazing performance, keeping that in mind. And here Nacho coming good, which is very, very good news for for Rogers' side. Yeah, he was struggling up to now to live up to his potential, I think. And this finally, in the last three matches, him getting regular opportunities, he seems to be getting into the groove. And it's much needed for Leicester because they were struggling. And it's, it's good to see them back to their best or close to their best, at least. Agreed. I couldn't I couldn't say it any other way, Depayne. Moving on to United and West Ham, I think it was... Well, honestly, in my opinion, United personally got a little lucky over there. They got an own goal from West Ham. It was lucky for them also that I think that they have that standard clause which clearly says that uh, uh, one of their players that's on loan at West Ham cannot play. Otherwise, I would have, you know, probably banked on... Uh, Lingard scoring a couple. Yeah, absolutely. And it, there wasn't much to the game. I mean, if you were looking for an advertisement of football, this was certainly not a game that you would put out. It was nothing much to talk about there, except that, yes, United got the result. And that's what matters to them right now, is getting those key results, especially with where they are in the Uf- Europa League also, facing AC Milan either side of this weekend. So, it's it's a really good result and against a team that is threatening to come, break into the top four. I think it was all about the result and they got the result. They found a way to win and that's, that's just about it. Absolutely. And looking at the league table now, I think that both United and Leicester should actually keep their positions and, and end up second and third. Having said that, even though Chelsea had a topsy-turvy performance, let's say, this past weekend, they're still only five points behind Leicester and six points behind United. So, Oh, it's going to be interesting to see how the top four pans out. Bear in mind that West Ham, oh, while I agree with you, it was a very average game overall. Bear in mind that they're just three points of the top four with a game in hand. So, they're still very, very much in the race, even though 
no one's really probably going to pick them for 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 top for contenders they've still two thirds of the season gone 10 10 games left and they're still pretty much in the mix yeah absolutely they've been they've been outperforming everyone's expectations right from the start of the season and uh, while the match was starting i think the pre match showed it was mentioned that they already have twice as many points as they had in the same time last season so that is a remarkable improvement over last season and yes as you said if lingard was playing this result could be very different and west ham could have gone home with 3 points and equal to chelsea on points with a game in hand so they would have been very much in that top 4 race absolutely and just goes to show what one can do if a person's given a chance because lingard if i'm not mistaken six games four goals two assists and sorry you have missed messed up those stats but basically he's affected goals in or, or, or had a hand to play in all of these games which is just wonderful and and when i talk about it just goes to show what a person can do when given the opportunity when we move on from united and west ham and let's do that now and talk about the north london derby oh yes bale didn't really have that kind of an effect on this game but i think it's the first time that he has started four continuous league matches since 2018 and um, a very very strong show from bale and hopefully getting back to the form that has seen his meteoric rise yeah it was nice of bale to take a break for this match while starting the game so <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you feel that way. Absolutely, of course. That's what I was expecting. You're an Arsenal fan. Obviously, you feel that way. But uh, I think uh, me for one, I, I definitely. While I had really high hopes from Bale uh, at the start of the season when he came in, I was extremely disappointed. I definitely written him off, and now all of a sudden, he's definitely coming good. So yes, I'm not talking. Uh, a lot of this is obviously not based on his performance against Arsenal. but i i think he's definitely coming good so that that's one thing that i have to say about that and secondly yes storing him arsenal well you know what while i think arsenal i have to give you that arsenal were probably the better side over 90 minutes having said that in my opinion i do not think that was a penalty i think that was a very very bad decision and i don't know how var has not overturned that and again there's so much controversy around var for me this should have been a draw in terms of spurs and i'm going to you know how strongly i feel about spurs so i'll leave it to you to talk about the arsenal side of things but in terms of spurs i think they had been doing a lot better the bad news is i think son is injured there was obviously a red card in the game given to lamela and probably to be unbiased deservedly so so uh, a, a lot of ups and downs and and, and it's not surprising that Uh, Mourinho comes back frowning after the North London derby. Yeah, I think see overall I think yes Arsenal was the better side and for large parts of the game they were the only team that was actually playing and Tottenham were very poor in large parts of the game except for after when they went ten, went down to 10 men. That is when I don't know what happened there some something changed in both teams mindsets and Arsenal started probably I don't know getting nervous about the win and just allowing Tottenham to control the ball and that's when Tottenham actually started playing some football and you could only imagine if both teams I mean if Tottenham played that way for the entire match how good a match that would have been and i actually agree that was not a penalty you cannot be- blame the on field referee for that but i think yes var should have taken a- action because from the on field referee's viewpoint it was it was very it, it looked like a penalty i mean while watching the game live 
also i immediately said okay that's a penalty obviously with a certain bias in there but then yes that that's how it looked on the face of it and with war i think yes war should have probably come in but even despite that i think arsenal deserved the win <clears throat> they played well they had a lot of chances created and despite not having obameyang there if obameyang was probably starting instead of lacazette you could have easily been two goals before even lamela scored that goal and lamela had i don't know what kind of a game you would call that because he didn't start he came in when son got injured scored absolutely mind blowingly amazing goal i think i don't know what how can you describe that such a goal but that was simply brilliant and then he showed his ugly side as well where he got into a lot of tackles and got booked twice rightly so and sent off I don't think I can describe that any better so thank you for that I'm glad that you see that that's not a penalty but I do agree that based on the performance over 90 minutes Arsenal definitely the strongest side it would have been the first time that an Arsenal manager has lost three consecutive North London derbies so after going down 1-0 uh, uh, Arteta side came good for Arteta so uh, definitely looking a lot better and hopefully a very very strong finish to the last 10 games or the last 9 games to the season so hopefully Uh, Arsenal showing what they can do and 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 probably gearing up for next season because like I said I still don't see them touching the top four or five maybe even because they're still too far behind in my opinion. Uh, having said that, like I said, stupendous performance from Arsenal. I completely agree with your comments about Lamela. So I'm not I'm not going to add anything over there. Moving on from the brilliance of that goal. and the wonderful performance by arsenal let's talk about some not so wonderful performances especially from and yes i'm going to go back one week since we're shooting this before liverpool hit the ground running tonight and before liverpool uh, have their match uh, tonight on uh, monday night football what are your thoughts of them having lost last week to fulham and how do you see this going because they actually rested a lot of players obviously I understand a few are injured, and I understand that there was a Champions League match. But really, they—I uh, mean, I think whether they've lost to Fulham the first time around or they drew, and now they've come off uh, another loss. What does that say about the direction that Liverpool and Klopp are taking the game? See, from what I understand now, the Premier League season is more or less about salvaging whatever best you can from it. and the focus is clearly now going to the champions league where klopp would want to win or at least go deep into the champions league to salvage some pride for this side who not had a good season they've had a rough season they've had their share of troubles injuries everything but i think he said it himself that you know for a side like liverpool it's not acceptable to prioritize one competition over the other but that's what he's ended up doing he ended up prioritizing the champions league over the premier league because clearly that top 4 doesn't look like it's going to happen but again do you think that's a sensible decision based on the fact that they may actually now not get into the top 4 because obviously if you add three points over there as opposed to a loss they are a lot closer to the top 4 and are still in there with some type of chance so looking at the table with 28 games they are 43 points if they had 46 points they would have been still what five points off the uh, off the top 4 with a game in hand so it it seems strange so if 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 i'm if i'm clock over here i i pick up that victory at, at fulham i have a game in hand and Five points away. Assuming I win that game in hand, I'm two points off the top four with 
nine games remaining, uh, albeit assuming they would win Monday night tonight. I think that that that's something that I would want to pursue because uh, I mean, unless you're being like, unless Klopp is being like Mourinho, and and I mean that by what I mean by that is Mourinho says, hey, I'm going to win the Europa League. So unless Klopp thinks that Liverpool can really win the Champions League, and I'm not saying they can't, but based on their performance, you'd be foolish to bet on it. That's for sure. And I, that's coming from me, who a hardcore Liverpool fan. So I, I don't know where he's coming from because the way I see it, even if they go into deep into it, into the Champions League, I, I don't see them actually winning the Champions League. And and I, I, I from the bottom of my heart, I hope that I'm wrong and they win the Champions League. But based on their current performances, if you were a betting man, you wouldn't certainly bet on it. It's probably going to end up with them not winning the Champions League, not winning any trophy and being outside the top four. And for a side that is as big as Liverpool and keeping in mind that they've just won the Premier League, I think that is just an awful, awful season. And and you can say what you want about the injuries or the tough schedules, but all the teams have to cope with the same thing. So, it's just appalling. Yeah, and the problem is, I think they haven't found a different way to play. They, despite the injuries and the, I mean, shifting around of the players in not their primary position, players playing not in their primary position, they haven't changed or they haven't tried anything new. Like we've seen Manchester City do so often when they're missing key players, they kind of change the way they play a little bit and then still find a way to get that result or get that kind of a performance. That hasn't happened with Liverpool. And to be honest with Klopp, uh, or to be honest or to be fair to Klopp, he didn't actually set out to lose against Fulham. I mean, the side that he put out against Fulham should have won against Fulham. You saw Manchester City win against Fulham uh, this week and they had no Kevin De Bruyne. They had no Gundogan, they had no Phil Foden, they had no Riyad Mahrez and they had no Raheem Sterling. So, five key players missing and they still won comfortably. So, if if you're talking about Liverpool resting or rotating a few players against Fulham, it ideally should not be a problem. But somehow those performances are still not coming there. So, a couple of things. Number one, I agree it ideally should have not been a problem. But in the current form that Liverpool are... If you were their manager, would you actually rest so many players or rotate so many players? Given the fact that you're not in the top four, you're chasing it, and your 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 form has been pathetic, to say the least. Would you really risk it? I, I mean, it's something to think about because, as far as I'm concerned, Klopp's really this season he's actually using up all the, uh, uh, for want of a better word, uh. The, the long rope that he's created for himself based on the fact that he's won Liverpool, the Premier League after 30 years, he's really using up a lot of that line. And yes, that gratitude and that, that rope is going to be probably extended to him this entire season, I would think. But if they continue like this in the long run, I think it's going to spell problems for Klopp and Liverpool because they certainly have the players, but for whatever reason, it's not working. And I think I'm going to leave it like that for Liverpool because I'm being as nice as possible considering the yeah. fact that I love this club so much. But it it doesn't help Klopp that uh, uh, one Steven Gerrard is doing so well in his managerial career. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, well, just so that you know, Steven Gerrard... Well, Klopp seems to at the moment have the full support of Steven Gerrard. <laughs> I think he basically, in his most recent interview, actually said that, look, you know what, nobody from Liverpool wants would want me to manage Liverpool right now. And, and these are not quotes by him. It's just something that I am choosing to summarize. 
but he effectively said look no one from liverpool would want me to manage there and uh, i definitely support klopp and i i can see what he's done and i really think that he's the man to take this club forward so obviously there's a lot of loyalty over there and a lot of faith that steven gerrard has put in klopp and why not because deservedly so he's done magnificently in the last five seasons if you take the last three seasons there's a there's a champions league victory there's barely losing the league and there's winning the league so obviously you wouldn't really want this to go any other way and then liverpool to change their manager at this point in time but like i said he's using up that long rope that's been given to him rather fast this season because it's <laughs> it, it's amazing to see having said that kudos to steven gerrard they he is is managed to get rangers the scottish title for the first time in 10 years and has been performing magnificently and of course he's my fa- captain fantastic and i can't wait to see the day that he manages liverpool that's for sure <laughs> for the sake of fairness and for the sake of flop hopefully that day is not too soon in the near future i i i share that sentiment <laughs> not too soon <laughs> let's move on then chirag let's we i spoke briefly about manchester city and their victory and without five of their key players in that attacking third what do you make of that performance from manchester city well it's again more of what we have gotten used to seeing in the past 18 19 games or so and when i say 18 19 games i think 18 19 games of city in all competitions because they've had a stellar defense they've had players go in and out players get injured players getting rotated but it never matters because uh, according to me the side is so strong and let me clarify when i say strong they're not only strong because they're so talented and for want of a better word could actually you know send out two teams and potentially have them top 2 of the premier league but they're also mentally very very strong because if you recall or you remember at the start of the season they certainly didn't have the start that they wanted and they were question posed to all those players and question posed to the coaching style the tactics of guardiola himself and whether it's time you know what is happening nobody could understand the results so obviously whether you want to talk about pep whether you want to talk about city as a team whether you want to talk about their actual talent Oh, football talent or their mental fortitude i think they've got it all and when you look at the likes of aguero on the bench and 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 being brought on so late in games one has to think that maybe aguero's time is up because they're probably going to look for a new striker this summer yeah that's what i was going to ask you about so for the first time i think we've seen manchester city this year or this season play a lot without any center forward and this match they play with two center forwards gabriel jesus and aguero both started both got goals surprisingly although he's been injured for most part of this season aguero scored his first goal of the premier league season wow that's that's quite a stat that <laughs> is quite a stat <laughs> so 29 yeah, I mean, games into the season con aguero <laughs> has got his first goal this season i i i used to you know past couple of years whenever i make the fantasy league team i used to put conaguero there make him captain and leave it for the season and he used to just have games that he's not playing or whatever doesn't matter eventually he'll just make up all the points by scoring hat tricks and uh, scoring a lot of goals so that that's certainly changed now and yes his contract is over at the end of the season i think so it doesn't look likely that manchester city are going to renew it there is there are rumors that they are looking at one prolific young goal scorer from the bundesliga erling haaland 
what happens if haland is an addition to this manchester city side if i was in the shoes of any other premier league team i'd probably be shaking i'd definitely be trembling <laughs> because this is a man that i i think he's beaten ronaldo's record what was it uh, yeah i think he's beaten ronaldo's record to scoring 50 goals in the champions league if i'm not mistaken and that says something because it's not about the bundesliga it's about his performance overall and it's scary to think that someone of the likes of halen can come and what impact he'd have on the city side i mean i don't know what you what uh, another team can do because unless you're telling me that uh, an, another club in england has the money to quite frankly buy an mbappe <laughs> nothing is going to happen <laughs> yes that's i mean that is a scary thought for all the other premier league sides who are looking to invest and make something out of their team to put a challenge for the premier league title but uh, yeah manchester city want to give no one else a chance i think well it's going to be interesting to see that that's one thing for sure moving on from the top of the table depain let's talk a little bit about the bottom of the table and of course sheffield united are out so let's not talk about their performances but i want to know what you think about chris wilder having left by mutual consent after 5 years at the club that's one thing i would like to talk about on your thoughts about and the second thing is yeah again west brom are out but what do you think about fulham and do you see them actually climbing out of the bottom 3 and if so who is going to replace them in that bottom yeah firstly about chris wilder and sheffield united this is one instance where when a club says it's by mutual consent you can actually you know think that yeah they are actually honestly saying the truth because both the club and the manager have shown that you know they're loyal to or the common goal that is to take sheffield further and they've always had mutual respect he's chris wilder has done extremely well to bring sheffield united up to the premier league and then last season the kind of performances they were putting in was absolutely fantastic that's why it is so shocking to see them absolutely last in this year's uh, premier league table and with nothing to particularly right home about they've been they've just not turned up this season for some reason for some reason completely understandable that that they want a new direction for the next few years and rebuild fulham on the other hand have done very well after the initial tough few weeks where we thought they did absolutely stand no chance but they've done they're doing a brilliant job of making a comeback and they're just i think 3 points away from newcastle and so that that's something that we should watch out for they could potentially you know survive and since newcastle's not been that great themselves this is this looks like a high possibility that they could escape well honestly i do worry for newcastle but looking at the remaining games that fulham have they have leeds villa arsenal chelsea and united so it's definitely not going to be easy for them but having said that it's not like newcastle are going to have an easy run in and especially based on their form i would worry for steve bruce's side i would actually probably bend towards betting that scott parker can get this fulham side out of trouble and one thing that is interesting is that if i'm not mistaken the last match day shows fulham versus newcastle and wouldn't that be a sight to see if uh. <laughs> it was still <laughs> up for grabs in terms of who's going to survive and who's not yeah that would, that would be interesting i mean that's uh, it's very rare that you get a game like this where two teams that are 
competing to stay in the Premier League or playing on the last day. So that would be definitely interesting. But Fulham, have, I mean, I know that fixtures are difficult, but they have already gone through a few difficult fixtures. Uh, I mean, they lost only one nil to Tottenham, and it was a good performance there as well. And they won one nil against Liverpool. So. There's no saying that they can't compete against the top teams and they can definitely put up a fight. Well, that's about it from our side, everyone. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you on the other side. Love you all. Good night. Cheers. Cheers.